Recovery is stupendous. Achievable. Hope. Freedom. 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 Empowering. It's unique to everyone. It's a journey, not a destination. Getting a new lease on life. Finding restoration after you fall down. Recovery is having the freedom to enjoy life. For me, it was finding a way to really love myself. My recovery is possible in part because of my own sense of purpose. Welcome to Montana's Peer Network Recovery Talks podcast. I'm Jim Haney. And I'm Drew Wetzel. And today we have a very, very special guest. Wow, thank you for two berries. My name is Chris May, and I am so happy to be here today. I'm a licensed clinical social worker and a licensed addictions counselor, and I also do some supervision for peer supporters. Excellent. Like, like me. Yeah, it's one of my favorite things. Well, Christy, we really appreciate you taking the time to be with us today. Uh, this is February, and we always focus on relationships this month. And yeah, yeah. Did, you didn't know that? I didn't put that together. Yeah, no, it's perfect. Oh. That's, that was why really we reached out. We wanted you to come on for this month. We always talk about recovery and relationships. I think Lee and I, we've done a couple now, talk about mm-hmm. our, our experiences, right? Right. And uh, the one we had, we got into a really good conversation about relationships we had to let go of in recovery. That was a really good topic. And yes. in the past, right? In the past, we've always brought people on to talk about like their relationship experience, but we've never had a counselor on. I don't think ever in the history of MPN podcasts, I don't think we've ever had a counselor on. Um, so um, that's what we're going to talk about today. And uh, thanks Great. to our listeners for tuning in. So, yeah. All right, Leah. I think I think I think you got some questions lined up for. Yes, yes, I do. Um, yes, I'm very honored to have Christy May with us as well. She's she's my clinical and become one of my biggest supporters. And so, um, when we, the subject came up, I thought let's reach out to her because she's somebody that I use for a sounding board personally, and I I take her words as um as gold and so so we're gonna get right to it uh so there's all this big talk and you know these conversations about narcissism um i thought i thought i'd ask you you know what exactly is a narcissist that is a great question I'm glad we're leading off with that question. <laughs> um, there is there is actually in the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, which is kind of uh, the clinical diagnosing of somebody, which is not what we're doing today, but there is a personality disorder that falls under the name of narcissistic personality disorder that actually only affects less than 1% of the population. It's a very rare, it's not very studied and very well researched. So it's probably not likely that we're going to be talking about something as um, rigid as that. 
uh, right? But some of the traits, so some of the traits of narcissism, you might find those in, showing up in probably all relationships to some extent, but it's when they become kind of these deeper patterns that are inflexible is where it can be really, really difficult. And, you know, maybe we would label it as toxic or unhealthy. So the, there's three, and I actually made a few notes here. There's three actual kind of patterns with um, someone who has those traits. And that is uh, grandiosity. Grandiosity means I'm kind of um, filtering myself on the top all the time, right? So maybe I'm making myself greater in my mind or bigger than I really am. I always want need to feel very important and special and I might exaggerate my accomplishments. So again, we all might have narcissistic traits, right? Or I'm over here going, oh, sometimes I've done that before, right? So mm -hmm. also the need for admiration is very great. Like believing that others are always jealous of me. They always want to be like me. If I have something everybody wants, I might be a very jealous person if I was a narcissist. And I would say the biggest one that we're probably going to talk about today is lack of empathy. Um, so inability to really understand or put myself in another person's experience. There are some other causes, you know, so it's not just like a, like a personality disorder and someone's inherently flawed, right? Some of these traits I see, or these ways of thinking come out in, for other reasons, substance use sometimes, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? Someone's yep. either under influence or there's like you guys know this but there's thinking errors that go along with justifying using someone who's mm -hmm. actively or maybe mm -hmm. hasn't recovered that part of themselves yet mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. and trauma mm -hmm. actually mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. i think about like kids who sort of had to survive on their own in a family of you know whatever's going on and mm -hmm. you become very sort of self-sufficient, mm -hmm. you know, and that person might kind of lack empathy because they may not have learned yet how to think about other people. Their just survival has been based on just meeting their own needs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So they might kind of withdrawn and they meet their own needs. So, and that can present as narcissistic in relation, mm -hmm. in really intimate relationships. So I think mm -hmm. I just wanted to bring mm -hmm. those things up because that's probably more, way more common of what we're going to be talking about today. And, and Christy, how do you, so as you describe those, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, people I've peer supported, you know, people I know, how do you differentiate that from mania? You know, somebody has bipolar and they're in mania, you describe three traits that you can often see in someone right. who's in a state. Yeah. They could be, yeah, they could be in mania. They could be in having a psychotic episode. They could be under the influence mm -hmm. of substance. They could be, mm -hmm. there's a lot of mental health things that could be going on um, as, where, as well as under the influence. Um, mm -hmm. And so I, I think that probably, you know, I'm not sure for the purpose of this podcast, right? We're probably not going to be diagnosing people. What yeah. I, what no, I really no, want to talk no. about is what do we do, right? If I'm in a relationship with someone right. who's, those traits yeah they might have how do i so you're asking me how do i figure out what if they're mentally ill right what right that's exactly yeah. exactly yeah yeah so i think that if i was 
in a relationship where I had flags, which we're going to talk, I hope we're going to talk about those yeah. that would really maybe set some boundaries or be strongly encouraging that person to work on those things, mm -hmm. right? So someone who right. has a mental health um, issue that's presenting in this way, it's interfering mm -hmm. in our relationship. Mm -hmm. um, I would just hope they would be working on it. Mm -hmm. I might even require it to stay in the relationship with that person. Wow. Okay, so for our listeners that are sitting there checking these boxes or not, yeah. to what extent is this obviously unhealthy? And where where is where is our possibilities? Like you said, you might want them to stay in a relationship and work on things. Mm -hmm. Um to what extent should we be allowing these things in our lives or within our own selves? Yeah, that's a good one. We could go all day on that one, Leah, right? <laughs> a couple of things I want to respond to that. And there's, again, there's so many things I could say, but um, I remember years ago, my therapist telling me a healthy relationship is when you and your partner know each other's triggers. And as soon as you're upset with each other, you don't immediately go for it. You don't immediately go right in for their hot button. Mm. Um, you actually are respect. There's a respect. There's a protective quality to that. Like, right. If I know that maybe my partner's been cheated on before and he's mad at me, I'm not going to turn around with my phone and say, oh, guess what? My ex-boyfriend just texted me. Right. I'm not going to like right. go into his most vulnerable place. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to protect that. Mm -hmm. um, even if we're upset with each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that is, um, that was like a new thing for me to take in. Right. That's, that's a big, mm -hmm. that's a, might be a different way of being in a relationship. <laughs> right. Um, right. Yeah. So right. other things are like, if people, if someone that, I mean, your needs, I printed out this personal bill of rights. If you Google personal bill of rights, it will come up, but it's okay. something to hang it in front of your toilet. <laughs> You know, it's a couple of them, but they are really great for like outlining, you know, our, so that we don't get eclipsed in relationships, our rights. I have a right to ask for what I want. I mean, just that one, right? That's number one. I have a right to ask for what I want. I have a right to make mistakes and not be perfect. I have the right to say no to requests to demands I can't meet. Yeah. Um, so just like those, that's just a little example, but those I think are all signs that if you have the space to do those things in your relationship, it sounds like it's probably on the healthier side, right? This is a spectrum. There's no like, you know, I've achieved healthy relationship. You know, we don't just like jump from one to the next. It's just kind of, um, we are striving to make things better for us and our partner. It's something we're working towards, right? Because yeah. some of us, you know, we never knew what boundaries were until until we started learning about recovery and and yeah. gaining support and um, so so baby steps, huh? Yeah, and I think this this personal bill of rights. If you're not sure about boundaries, it's a good place to start to feel because I think a lot of times we don't feel that we have the right to ask for what we need. We don't even have the right, feel the right to have a need sometimes, right? And so um, I guess if you're in a relationship where you don't have any 
the right to have any needs, I would say that would be a flag. Definitely. Yeah. So what are some examples of quote unquote, a healthy relationship? I know we've spoke about some of those, um, but maybe what are some, some good examples of, because I know I've been that person that I pushed away anything good in my life when I was unhealthy, you know, yeah. and, and I didn't know how to accept it. And so maybe having like a little checklist of what are some good things to look for, some good qualities mm -hmm. in somebody. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. Um, and I didn't completely answer the last one either. So maybe I can with this one, but some good qualities. Well, first of all, I would say that having healthy friendships is very important, healthy relationships and where, and friendships and where you can. So I want to like, it starts with the health of all of our relationships, like as a, you know, the onion skin, right. The onion layers, right. Mm. We have the deepest innermost layer where we have our maybe our immediately family and our intimate partner. And then we go out from with like our super close friends. And then we just keep going out with these layers. And so looking at your layers, making sure people are in the appropriate ring, you know, mm -hmm. sometimes I have someone who's wanting to get into my closest ring that shouldn't be there, <laughs> or maybe I'm keeping someone out that needs to be there. Right. So we're kind of looking at it that way, but also um, just looking at improving the health of our relationships. And then again, the, this personal bill of rights is a way to kind of feel like we're taking up our space in the relationship. You know, um, friendships need to have um, some kind of a transactional quality, right? So I'm getting what I give. I give what I get. There's sort mm -hmm. of, it's not always like we're keeping a ledger, you know, if Jim's my friend and he's having, a, we've been friends for a long, long time and he's having a hard time. Yeah. There might be times that he's taken up more space in the relationship, the friendship. And then mm -hmm. there might be times when I'm struggling and I'm like, dude, I just need to download this, you know? Um, right. But there's sort of a balance. Mm -hmm. So I have needs, my needs are getting met. The other person has needs and their needs are getting met without demands or disrespect. Sounds like some old uh, indigenous uh, belief systems too. You know, we believe that um, to have balance and harmony, there has to be a male and a female aspect to it. Mm. Um, so trusting, to trusting enough to be able to feel out each other's boundaries, balances, balancing out the relationship. The other thing is oftentimes I think we don't know our own needs. Mm. Yes. We have suppressed them, dissociated from them, not allowed them for whatever reason, been scared by them. And so if you are in that place, then your work is to figure that out, figure out what your needs are. And you will very quickly begin to no, like your body, you'll have like an internal feeling of someone just ran over my boundary, right? Or I need to put a boundary here because I'm pissed off and I don't even really know why. So mm. I might, you know, anger is such a great gauge. You know, if you feel angry, a lot of times it's so overwhelming that we don't really, we can get disoriented by it. And so if you're feeling angry, a lot of the time, I mean, anger is a sign that we need to establish safety, 
So physical safety, you know, like run from that car, run from this, you know, whatever, establish a safety, make a change and, or set a boundary. Those are the three things that I have seen that are really productive places that we can put that energy. And so if you're physically safe, then, then the other two are like, do I need to set a boundary here? How do I like own this anger so that I'm not resentful? How do I use this energy to set? So if you are angry, finding yourself angry with a person, hopefully you can, you know, set a boundary. Like, you know, uh, Leah, I, um, this is an example, <laughs> you know, I might, yeah, you know, I can't get calls after nine o'clock at night. I go to bed, I put my kids to bed. So if you need to talk to me, shoot me an email in the middle of the night or call me after eight o'clock in the morning or before right. 8 p.m. That might be a boundary that I set with you instead of being angry and picking up the phone at 10 over and over and then being like irritable with you. And then I go to bed angry. Right. And, so and everything you just said, you're explaining uh, urges and feelings that I started getting when I started learning more about myself. When I, when I started learning, what is it that I like? What is it I don't like? What is it that I'm passionate about? What is it I love doing? And because I never knew what boundaries were before. And there is like this inner, inner turmoil or, or, or sting you feel when that does get ran over. Yes. And I think we have to learn to trust that, right? So hey. a boundary. There's no list of healthy boundaries. There's no right or wrong way to do it. And like you asked me earlier, how do we know if we're in this relationship, if we're allowing things, you know? And my answer to that is figuring out, you got to figure out what's okay and not okay for you. Period. This is not okay. For some reason, my body's having a response. I'm not okay. It's not okay. And you will know. <laughs> If you can get in touch with yourself, you'll know. And I tell people all the time when they're like, oh, I don't know if I should stay in this relationship. It doesn't matter what I think. You'll know when you've had enough. It will become clear. It really will. Love ourselves enough to follow through and not continue to keep taking it. Get support. I'm, I'm just taking it all in. I'm just processing everything Christy's sharing with us. I think it's you know, some great information, a lot of information. I think, I mean, you hit on uh, just, we could split this into three podcasts, I think. I mean, I, mm -hmm. I think there's just a lot, there's just a lot there for people to take in and process, think about, and yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate the insight. It's, it's great. Yeah, it's been great to have you on here, Christy. Is there any, is there any last um, is there anything else that you would like to share with us? Mm. I find find what you have to share so valuable for me personally that I couldn't wait to like get you on here and share with the rest of the world. Thank you. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. My psychology today profile is very simple, but one of the things I said on there is I work well with like codependency, setting boundaries, relationships, and that's a lot of the calls that I get. I mean, people are, I think this is a really pertinent topic because like I said, there's no manual, there's no, um, 
you know, I can't sit down with someone and say, this is what you need to do, right? It's kind of our own personal work. It's our personal work. So I guess what I would leave it with is that if you, I mean, we can only look at what's in our control, right? Our partner, if they have narcissistic traits or whatever, like we've identified some of those, you know, if they're not empathetic, they can't receive feedback from you, you know, you feel like um, you're being manipulated, you're angry and you don't know why, you're probably being manipulated, right? So if you have some of those feelings, you know, we can make requests of our partner, but they are not in our control. That's really hard. Like I don't have a crystal ball where someone comes in and I could say like, okay, let's make them do this. Right. You know, <laughs> I always say my magic wand is broken right now. So how do we take control of what we can do? And that's where the, the boundaries come in. Right. We decide like, you know, we don't want to get so angry and so bitter that we just put up a brick wall around our heart, and never let anybody in. Right. So we have to kind of, um, work on and get support with just kind of maybe setting a boundary that is appropriate for the situation, appropriate for the person and ourselves. And I really think that I believe that we have our own answers when it comes to that. I love that. And it's every day, right? Like some of the most people to me that are the wisest are the ones that are so humble and are just like, we never will get to a point where we have the answer, but we have to continue to work on ourselves daily. Totally, daily. We have good days and bad days, but we won't be taking that out on, on our loved ones. We gotta put that mm-hmm. energy and to work hard to make sure that it's there's a balance is what I'm hearing. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Christy. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Yeah, and thank you, Christy. That was it was great. Thanks for having me. I want to and, make this kind of a ongoing, yeah. ongoing thing with you. Yeah. If we have different topics, can we call you and bring you back on? Absolutely. I think that would be great. You could be like our special guest. <laughs> it's not special if I'm on all the time, but it would still be fun. <laughs> well, you know, we'll we'll work in. You're special. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Yeah. And you have a website or how would somebody get in touch with you? I'm on psychology today, but I do recommend that people call because there's been a few instances recently where I've gotten emails because you can email also. And when I send an email back, I think it goes to their spam box and they think I'm not responding. So call. Uh, okay. Today. okay. Yeah. Right. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. And thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in to another episode of Recovery Talks. Each week we have another podcast, different topics, and we thank you for tuning in. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works, recovery is possible. Recovery is possible. (laughs) Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery is possible.